We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Paul Savage alongside you. Making our way through a Wednesday edition. Big football week coming up. Our biggest slate of high school football games we've had thus far coming up on Friday, Saturday. uh, Two, again, critical Big 12 football games. K-State going up to Ames for a little Farmageddon. Uh, And you got, of course, College Game Day coming into Lawrence as the Kansas Jayhawks host TCU uh, in that line. Paul has shifted heavily toward TCU. I think it opened around, I don't know, five or so. Now it's up to seven plus. And the K-State money, I mean, the uh, KU money line has been very fortuitous. Just as a, as, as a general feel as we run down Brian Haney here, and we'll have him in just a minute, Paul. Could you have ever imagined this world where KU football is smack in the middle of the national spotlight. I mean, it's October 5th. Think back to September 5th, Paul. I mean, this has been a wild ride. The buzz in Lawrence is the highest it is anywhere in the country. I know to answer your question. No, not, not, not this quickly. I I've always been kind of a fan of the current coaching uh, staff. And I thought they've been from what they were doing and what I could see, it looked really good. It's looked like things that I think would make success at a place like KU, but no, who in the world would have ever thought 4-0, nationally ranked, playing a game uh, against another ranked team and having ESPN game day in Lawrence? Come on now. How good does that get? It gets gets pretty fantastic. All right, let's welcome in Brian Haney now, who's uh, ground zero for it all each and every week. We appreciate his visits with us. Here comes Brian Haney. It's that time. Sports Daily getting all the inside information on the Kansas Jayhawks. Let's go now to the voice of KU, Brian Haney. All right, bro, we had to get you your official intro there, bro. Oh, I mean, my come gosh, on. We're, yeah. we're, we're, yes. we're trying to keep pace here with the momentum going on in Lawrence, so we got to go big with it. Welcome in, Brian. How have things <laughs> been going as you guys get ready to welcome in the biggest college football party each week? It's you know, it's a big time tradition and and something I think I, I would guess pretty uh, accurately that everybody up in Lawrence is pretty proud to be doing this weekend. 
We're pretty proud, no doubt. And I guess I, I figured out where Tommy's at. He's camping at the base of the Campanile right yeah, now. Yeah, he's, ar- he's already his there. spot for college game day. Good to have Paul with us, though. Always good to hear your voice, Paul. Thanks, Brian. Now we're fired up. I mean, it's, uh, it was clearly an amazing win on Saturday to, to get to our first 5-0 start since 2009. and First time back in the polls since October of 2009, which is fabulous, too. But to get game day uh, certainly was, was something we were all hopeful for. But, you know, it was in the back of our minds. But you looked at Alabama, A&M, and some of the other matchups, and you thought, well, man, they're probably going to overlook us again. Not this time. And we probably have TCU to thank as much as anything because if they don't go out there and hang 479 yards of offense on Oklahoma in the first half and take the Sooners behind the woodshed, ESPN might not have chosen us this weekend. But they did. We did. You got uh, nine wins between these two teams and no losses heading in, and so we're excited about that and uh, certainly fired up to see if the offense can get back on track. They'll need to against a TCU team that, much like Kansas coming off the Houston week, national team of the week, the quarterback is the national player of the week, Max Duggan. And so I think this one has more of the feeling of a shootout compared to what we saw last week. But, Jacob, it was great to prove that we can win in other ways. You know, we talk about that all the time come March Madness that you know, you're going to see different defenses in basketball and sometimes you have to prove you can win ugly. Well, clearly Kansas football did that last week. If you would have told me that at the 525 mark in the second quarter that the nation's number four offensive team in terms of points per game would be done scoring for the day at 14, I would have thought we had no chance. And obviously we caught some fortune and good breaks with two doinked field goals that bounced off the right upright and one that hooked badly at the end of the game and missed everything. But the the number of plays our defense made is really exciting heading into the the rest of the season to think that on a day when the offense just didn't have it, they probably got a little bit conservative with the play calling as a result to see eight tackles for loss, five sacks, big, big interception, great fumble recovery on special teams to find a way to win ugly and win it in a different fashion, that's really, really encouraging about this team going forward. Yeah, it's interesting, Brian, because I think in special seasons, you've got to have those things occasionally. It's just too difficult in mm-hmm. college football to not have some good luck. And, Kay, you got some good luck there. I, but I do want to say, too, and I want to ask you, really, yes, the offense was slow. Yes, there was good fortune involved in that. However... How much, because we wondered and we have wondered each and every week, would the defense be able to hold up as the competition increased? And through that test, when KU needed the defense to sort of shoulder the load that the offense has shouldered all season long, they did step up to the challenge. I don't know how good Iowa State is offensively, but that's a Big 12 team and KU's defense really stepped up. They really did. You know, Iowa State's defense might be the best we face the rest of the way, maybe in the top two or three at worst. At best, they might be the toughest we face. That quarterback, though, Decker's probably the worst we will have faced the rest of the way. And so that's not to take anything away from our defense, but this was the type of day where we needed to step up and capitalize on that, and they did. I mean, they should have had a second interception from Kobe Bryant as replay overturned it. We thought he completed the catch but uh, ended up working out well for Kansas. Point is, you know, they capitalized defensively on a matchup that should have, you know, given them a chance to, to have a, an upper hand there. And yet, as you pointed out, 
still the Big 12 team. They still have Xavier Hutchinson, who's one of the top receivers in America, let alone the conference. And so to see Kansas put forth such a great effort defensively uh, is really, really encouraging. But I think for me, just watching some guys emerge week to week here, I mean, Kobe Bryant is reminding folks of Aqib Tlaib. And, and they're now wanting to print the Hawk Mamba T-shirts after he just continues to make plays. Uh, and you saw Kenny Logan with one of his most clutch plays breaking up a touchdown in the back of the end zone that would have gone for six to Xavier Hutchinson, and he got there at the last second to break it up. You know, five, I guess technically six different Jayhawks had a sack since there was one shared sack with uh, Sam Burt and, and Jeremy Robinson. And, uh, but Robinson continues to make his presence felt. Craig Young at the linebacker position, Lonnie Phelps. I mean, the list goes on and on. And to see some of those, those timely stops that they got uh, from a multitude of guys, it just shows you how five weeks in, some of these transfers are settling in now, finding their footing, you know, understanding their roles. And, and a lot of other guys are just emerging in this new look defense. And so felt really, really good for Brian Borland, our defensive coordinator, Keep in mind, guys, we'd had uh, Gene Wojciechowski here. We'd had uh, Fox you know, Big Noon Saturday here. Everybody doing these feature stories on Jalen Daniels and the Kansas offense. And Lance Leipold's getting interviewed. Andy Kolomicki didn't get a ton of interviews, but but all the focus clearly was on this 48-point-per-game offense. Brian Boylan's phone wasn't ringing, all right? And yet, on the week that, that all that happens, he goes out there and turns in one of the best defensive performances we've seen in 14 years and, and clearly wins the game for us. So kudos to them, and uh, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll start to see what it looks like where both are playing at a high level at the same time because that dog will hunt. If you get the defense playing like that and get the offense at least back to scoring in the 30s, uh, this, this team can, can beat anybody in the Big 12 anywhere on any given day. And I'm not predicting that. I'm just saying – it's that type of year in the Big 12. K-State has proven that with their win at Oklahoma. We've seen that with you know Texas Tech being able to beat Texas a couple of weeks ago. It's going to be anybody's game any given week. And if Kansas can prove they aren't just a one-trick pony with this creative, complex offense with a great quarterback that they actually can D up to, then, then yeah, this isn't just a, a nice September, early October story in college football this could be something that, that we look forward to all year long. Well, this is a fascinating story as well. And uh, this time last year, and I know you don't remember because you do a lot of interviews uh, with a lot of different radio stations throughout the state of Kansas. So uh, I, I know you probably don't remember this question, but, but uh, or this uh, conversation we had regarding the coaching staff, what this coaching staff was doing. And they were struggling, and we knew they were going to struggle. We knew it was going to be a difficult year. Uh, not to be where they wanted to be in the time that they wanted to be. But you and I talked, and you and I had come to the conclusion that this is the right staff for the right team at the right place at the right time. And uh, I'd like to ask you this question because you've seen a number of head coaches, a number of staffs in place at the University of Kansas. What's the difference between this staff and some highly touted Les Miles-type staffs? I mean, What's, what's this staff doing that makes this such a unique football program, such a unique turnaround? What's their secret? Well, first off, Paul, I remember the conversation well. I, oh, I good. You, you know, I, I couldn't for sure 
put my finger on it, but I felt like they'd probably get a win in Austin, Texas, and then race out to a 5-0 and start the next year. I'm pretty sure I said that, right? <laughs> that, that yeah, you absolutely did. <laughs> no, no. no. I, nobody saw any of that coming. Yeah, but, nobody. Uh, but one thing we did see coming was the culture build. And, and we've talked about this before with, with Jacob and Tommy, so I don't want to beat a dead horse, but, oh, okay. but it's worth bringing up again. It's worth bringing up that, you know, they're just – so incredibly well organized. Watching a Lance Leipold practice structure uh, the, the position group huddle ups when they're off in their own separate groups, that the way it's run, it, it's a well oiled machine as impressively organized as anything I've seen. But I've talked to these guys in previous episodes about how it's even the little things like charting, putting it on a 65 inch flat screen TV as you enter the complex. Who were the first five guys in that day? Who were the last five guys to report that day? Who were the first five guys on the practice field? Who were the last five guys to leave the practice field? Who increased their you know, lift over the past week and their body mass index, all this stuff? It's all charted up there. And, and that's something that Matt Gildersleeve, the director of sports performance and somebody that does our, our leadership training for the captains and, and positional leaders on this team, that he's implemented. And it just – it creates a iron sharpening iron, everybody pushing one another. You're, you're racing to get into the facility on a given day type culture that it makes it exciting to go to work each day. You know what I mean? And, and they're practicing at the start of every day in the mornings, which is different. And they're, they're just instilling little habits that, that I think build off one another and propel things forward. And so that's, to me, the secret, or, or however you termed it, you know, that's the big difference between the previous staff. And then, you know, to be fair, scholarship numbers have caught up, and, and they've chosen wisely with the scholarships that they've given out. So there, there are several things that have allowed this team, with the portal success they've had and the numbers getting back up again scholarship-wise, you know, to really take off and flourish. But whether they have the numbers or not, the previous coaches struggled with, I still think you would see – a tremendous uptick in execution and performance just based on the culture change that we've seen under Leipold. And, and that's something that, you know, is, is very, very special for us to see having gone through five different coaching changes since Mangino. And, and the biggest reason that you're seeing Kansas do all they can right now to come up with, you know, the most uh, attractive fit for Lance to keep him here as long as possible. You know, it's interesting, Brian, as we talk about that, and we'll get into the Wisconsin. We're going to go into some of the things Leipold said. I think, you know, I'm going to guess from your perspective, not a whole lot has changed in that world. Um, But we'll play folks that audio, you know, after we talk to you and and just let them hear that it really hasn't. I mean, everything's kind of the same. I'm sure that KU Brass is working on a new deal to make sure he stays there, and and I'm sure there's interest in some of these other jobs, and we can cross that bridge later because – Ultimately, this is all happening because of the wins, and I would suspect that we think this is going to be the toughest one to get of the six games they will have played thus far. TCU looks fast, they look athletic, and they just sort of woke up to the the, the world to what's going on with their new program down in Fort Worth last week. They did. They did. And to start the homestand, I would not have guessed that this was going to be the toughest of the three but uh, looking at what they did last week, and you know, they, they obviously, I, I quoted the first half numbers. I mean, they were just blowing the doors off from right out the gates. And we were doing our pregame show at the time. They had the 11 a.m. game. We had the 2.30, and we had the TV on. We kept looking up. I'm like, what in the world is going on? 
with TCU Oklahoma, but you're right. They are so athletic and, uh, I do think with Sonny Dykes, they're very well coached. As you know, I spent four years at Texas Tech, and so the Dykes family legend down there is is pretty huge and and, uh, very respectful of of what he's done there. And the story of Max Duggan losing his job to start the year and then now, you know, four weeks later gets it back and and is your national player of the week and all that. It's a pretty great success story. But I I think that for Kansas, you know, clearly it's going to be a matter of do we have the better of the two defenses? And there's not many years in the, gosh, what is it now, uh, 11 years that TCU's been in the Big 12 where we would have felt like we had the edge uh, with the two defenses because they've produced so many pros on that side of the ball uh, with Coach Patterson on the sidelines. But I do think the way Kansas played last week and what we've seen emerge these last couple of weeks, that Kansas might have the better of the two defenses. The offenses, I think, Um, You know, we might have the better offense, but right now, based on the way they looked last week, I think that's more of a push. Special teams remains to be seen, but Kansas has really been stepping it up there of late. So um, I'm excited to to see, you know, which defense can step up and and, and slow the juggernauts uh, on the opposition side the most, who can force the most punts. I don't think what we saw last week is indicative of what we're going to see going forward. I think it was kind of a perfect storm offensively for Kansas where Jalen missed a couple of open throws that would have been 50 yard touchdowns. And then we just kind of tightened up after that. Um, But this was an offense guys that had punted seven times all year, all year before last week, and then had six versus Iowa state. I don't think that's happening in this game. I think this is a shootout. If the Hawks get back on track, but which defense can make the first stop, which defense can make the most stops. Uh, you know, in a game this close on paper, takeaways are obviously huge. So can we get one or two of those in the mix? I, I like Kansas's, you know, emerging ability to get the takeaway with a ball hawking corner like the Hawk Mamba, Kobe Bryant, and Melo Dotson back there as well. And Kansas special teams now twice in the last four weeks has come up with a fumble recovery on a punt by the same guy, Tory Lachlan. So that's that's really exciting as well. But I, that's how close I see it on paper, Jacob. And, and I do think that, uh, you know, and we actually said this on last week's report, everybody was talking about the ISU defense versus the Kansas offense. And, and I mentioned the undercard of, of Kansas off uh, Kansas defense versus ISU offense might tell the tale. Um, I, I think in this case, you know, the Kansas defense has a chance not to win the game in the same fashion that they did last week, but if they can slow TCU just enough uh, you know, they, they can have a huge say in the outcome of this thing, and it doesn't have to be, you know, um, a 48-45 type game. I personally think this is more of a of a 38-34 type game, but I do think we're going to see a lot of offense. I really do. You know, when you look at uh, this game coming up, and, and, and I'm not sure we give enough credit to the receiving core at the University of Kansas, Luke Gr- uh, Graham and Lawrence Arnold and Quentin Skinner come to mind. But the ability of this receiving core to stretch the field, I'm a little impressed. I think the numbers are only going to get better. But, I mean, you look at, at, at the, the, the number of passes or you look at the number of yards uh, on some of the longest catches uh, by those individuals, and you're talking about 36, 56, 73, 60. I mean, you're talking about guys that can stretch the field. And, and, and here again, uh, last week a couple of uh, dropped passes, opportunities for more long gainers. Uh, talk a little about this receiving core, how it matches up with TCU. How important do they fit into the game plan uh, for this game with TCU? Well, it's it's a great observation about how underrated and and uh, 
non-discussed they are because so much of the focus has been on the running backs and the tight ends and obviously Jalen Daniels. But this is a, a group that has surpassed every expectation I had for them heading in. It was probably the most concerning group when you lose Kwame Lasseter, who's on the practice squad with the Cincinnati Bengals right now. And coming back, you had some nice pieces, but nobody that you looked at as like this alpha that's going to lead the receiving core. And yet, in this case, the sum of the parts has been pretty dang good. And, you know, last week was a week where they didn't throw it a ton. They missed a couple of chances on the home run balls that, that weren't the receiver's fault. But what did the receivers do? They didn't pout and say, where are my targets? Where are my touches? I was talking to Andy Kotelnicki yesterday, our offensive coordinator, and he said, you know, here's Lawrence Arnold, who, who I know wants more touches, more red zone targets, all that. He was blocking his butt off uh, on the edge. Yes, Making right. big plays for our running game. And, and Doug Emilio, the transfer from Minnesota, is maybe our best receiver blocker. I think a lot of guys have watched him and kind of fallen into that mindset that, hey, we can make – a highlight real play blocking somebody. It doesn't necessarily, you know, <laughs> get you as the focal point of the highlight, but in yes. that film study on Monday, everybody's clapping you up because you <laughs> made that block to seal the edge. And and believe it or not, they're actually getting into that and behind that notion on a team that runs the football so effectively and does all the option plays that they do. And so I think that's an underrated aspect of this receiving core. I think Luke Grimm, uh, who I, I don't know if you caught this on Hawk Talk a couple of weeks ago, but he was one of our featured guests, and we were talking about his toughness, and he said that his dad used to put a football helmet on him when he was a kid, like eight, nine years old, and tell him to run headfirst into the fence post of the deck, <laughs> or the deck post, I guess, <laughs> repeatedly. And, and he kept running headfirst into the deck post until he cracked the deck and asked him if the neighbors were calling, you know, the cops or child protective service. Like, what's going on over here? He's, this kid's just running repeatedly into the deck post. And uh, and apparently that's what built up his toughness. But this little guy who, who switched his jersey number to 11 a year ago, he, he loves Julian Edelman. He wants to be that type of guy. Uh, I mean, he's he's gritty. He's tough. He goes into traffic, makes the big catches. He's back there on punt returns half the time. And, uh, and and he's one of the more underrated, I think, players, not just on this team, but nobody's really talking about him in the conference. And yet, I, I think if you pulled a lot of league coaches and said, man, who's that scrappy guy with, with great hands that, that's not afraid of contact, that's not afraid of, of getting, you know, drilled over the middle against, you know, Big 12 all-conference safeties, it's number 11 for Kansas, man. So we, we may not have the the five-star All-American receivers that are posting huge stats like Bryce Ford Wheaton or Xavier Hutchinson or something like that. But I like the collective sum of our parts there, and I like where their heads are at. That They can have a huge week by making two or three key blocks and, and, and a timely catch or two, and you don't have anybody back there saying, I need 10 targets a week. All right, Brian Haney, uh, we are coming up to the end of it here. You will hear Brian's call this weekend right here on KFH as you do each and every week. It should be a blast. Enjoy the festivity. Let's just keep uh, keep just chugging along here and enjoying this ride while it lasts. We always appreciate these visits. Hey, appreciate you. One more win, and it's all eligibility for the first time since the 2008 Insight Bowl, so we're real hopeful that might come this weekend but wow. uh, been sleeping well thanks to a lot of wins on the football field thanks also to the great night's sleep i get from my mattress from the mattress hub i told you earlier i went with purple after trying out the temperpedic and that's part of the customer service experience you get there you know had 100 days to 
decide if I wanted the Tempur-Pedic or not. And ultimately, the purple was the right fit for my back. Made the switch, and I've been sleeping like a baby ever since. But the way they walked me through that process, made sure I got the right fit for me, is exactly what they'll do for you. Check them out at the Mattress Hub and MattressHub.com. Really appreciate their sponsorship of these reports. All right. Thank you, Brian, and we do appreciate them and your time. Good luck on the call this weekend, and let's do it again next week. Thanks, fellas. See you, Jacob. There goes Brian Haney. There he goes. We'll come back. We'll uh, we'll dig into some of the things Brian got into there as we wrap up our number one, Sports Daily, rolling ahead, 869-1240, the number. If you want to chime in, we'll play you Lance Leipold's audio from yesterday, talking about the Wisconsin opening now. It's a... It's a topic because KU just keeps on winning. We'll be back. Sports Daily continues after this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.